0: Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Chris Embry. We got Gary Love, of course, Brandon Bishop behind the glass. Packed house today here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We are brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Brandon, brought uh, what's the address for Louisville Combat Academy? I'm getting there.
1: 7908 Beulah Church Road.
0: 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. 228, that's right. Okay. We appreciate you tuning in. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 384 1450 We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. We would love to hear from you this morning. Love to hear your, your feedback. There's a lot to talk about a lot to talk about this morning of course we got Gary Love we got Chris Embry these guys are college basketball junkies follow the Kentucky football program closely Louisville with a big win yesterday over Syracuse Satterfield appears to be the guy right
2: absolutely yes
0: I mean they have a running game that opens everything else up and this Louisville football team is looking good
2: what's that seven and four now is that correct
0: seven and four who would have thought?
2: I, I know Nobody. I was. Not me. Yeah, I no. think I picked three wins.
3: Yeah, I was right there with you. I had them. I had them four or five. Okay. So I just didn't know where the sixth win would
2: come from.
0: Yeah. So and, seven and four, yep. amazing.
2: It's going to be a big Six, Louisville Kentucky game coming up. Six hundred eight yards weeks. offense
3: yesterday. Wow. I mean, granted they gave up five hundred ten yards, so they got to they got to clean that defense up before. Next week, sure. Because Kentucky's ran for over 400 yards two weeks in a row, sure. So, how much hi- how
0: much hype is there for this game next week? Nobody's really talking about That's it. That's what yet. I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now, I, I get involved in my own little world. I was at Hard Rock MMA 112 last night in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. So, I like I said, I get in my own little world, tunnel vision almost. I can focus on a few things at once. So maybe people are excited about it. I'm just missing it. Yeah, uh, but I don't hear a bunch of hype for this Louisville Kentucky football game.
3: No, I mean after the game, there was a little bit of things said as far as like uh, there was beat UK chance going on in 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 Cardinal Stadium. Sure. and Then uh, Lynn Bowden did an interview yesterday after the game. And they was asking about his game. They said, "What about the Louisville game next week?" He said, "We don't say a name around here." Hmm. So I mean, there's been a little bit. It's it 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 is. He uh, probably Monday or Tuesday, I would think. Once you start doing open interviews.
0: Okay, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our man Ben Fowler, who's a huge Louisville football fan. He's going to be back on the weekend sports buzz with us soon because he follows Louisville football and basketball as close as anyone, and he's great on the mic, okay? <laughs> Except the most gangster fight. I I I made, I blew it out of proportion, didn't I, Brandon?
1: I don't know. I mean,
0: I got carried away. Good. It was Derek Overstreet, just this Herculean man. Okay. <laughs> he was 3 0. He was just the scariest, biggest guy, Division One football player, all conference, Conference USA for Western Kentucky. And he looked like he had a real good striking game to me. Mm-hmm. Ben Fowler on the other side, rocking the dad bod. Brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under Chewy at Derby City. Brandon Higdon asked him, "Will you fight Derek Overstreet?" Ben Fowler, I just can't. There's no word that fits it better than a the most gangster reaction. He was like, "Yeah, I want to fight him." And I did I had already interviewed both of these guys in person. I got to know him. I was like, "Wow!" So now I've been hyping this fight up for three months. Every Kelly Patrick show podcast I've recorded. How many times, Brandon, have you and I watched? Derek Overstreet and Ben Fowler fights in preparation for this on air.
1: I mean, probably at least four or five Yeah, but it, with me. And I know that you've watched it a couple times without me. Too, and I was so. doing
0: it with others also. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So Ben Fowler, a weekend sports buzz alum, went in there. My man Johnny Patrick was in the crowd. We were all there. All the collective eyeballs in the crowd were watching. And what happened? He didn't utilize his his jitsu his brown belt jujitsu, jitsu where he's had a lot of success on the ground in jujitsu tournaments, no. He had some good head movement, and he did a one-two and caught him with the two and knocked Derek Overstreet out cold.
1: Yeah, he was sleeping.
0: He was sleeping. So yeah. <laughs> it was emotional for me because I like both of these guys. Had Derek Overstreet done that to Ben Fowler, I would have been, it would have been emotional too, you know, yeah. for me. Uh, I was I really didn't have a, you know, I didn't, I wasn't wanting one to win or anything like that. So I was right. hesitant. I almost got anxiety seeing it because I was concerned for Derek. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would have, I would have reacted the same way had it gone either way. Honestly.
0: That's exactly. They're both super nice guys. Yeah. Donnie Wallace and Hicks MMA and Bowling Green and Derek Overstreet, and his entire team. And of course, Ben Fowler and all the people at Derby City. But wow. What a big win. For I don't know. He messaged me last night said he's going to retire after that, but
1: What was the official time on it?
0: I've heard that it was 6 seconds. That's that's what I got. 6 seconds. 6 so, seconds. Uh, yep. One of the fastest knockouts in the history of Kentucky MMA. And it wasn't a te- it wasn't a technical knockout. It was a one two Head off center looked good. It was a yeah. real, clearly it was a really good two. Yeah, got him, mm-hmm. and he was out. So shout out to Ben Fowler. Can't wait to have him back on the Kelly Patrick show. But also the weekend sports buzz. He's That's just as passionate about Louisville football as he is anything. He goes to every Louisville home game. Didn't go to the one yesterday. He had a fight, so he couldn't make it. Fairweather fans. <laughs>
1: you.
3: What, was it a fight?
1: I guess. He had to go punch somebody real quick. <laughs> Golly, You man. know what? He
3: probably could have made it to the game. And then right. Just went straight <laughs> to the fight. Cause it was, he could have. It was, yeah. I mean, And
0: then I find out he had a torn meniscus, and he, he hadn't uh, rolled jujitsu or sparred or done anything like that for at least two weeks prior, so oh. he had a little bit of an injury going in. Wow. So he wakes up this morning, and maybe his, his right hand might... You tell me, Brandon. Does Ben Fowler wake up with any injuries today?
1: Probably not. He probably feels pretty good about himself.
0: I mean, maybe his hand a little bit, but when you get into the cage, normally you expect, right, Brandon, the next morning you're going to be a little banged up.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of my worst um, physical outcomes have been from wins. Okay, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, I've broken hands and gotten stitches and ended up in the hospital from wins, you know, so... You're not guaranteed to walk out of there healthy.
0: <laughs> Next Hard Rock MMA event is Saturday, December 7th at the Dayton Convention Center up in Dayton, Ohio. It mm-hmm. will be the third time Hard Rock has ventured out of the state of Kentucky, all three of those times, into Ohio at the Dayton Convention Center. So we'll have to go there. Looking forward to it Saturday, December 7th. On Before we wrap things up for the combat sports scene, Deontay Wilder, Fought Lewis Ortiz last night, a rematch. Okay, thank you very much, Johnny Patrick. Here, handing me the, handing me the, the. You've done our research for us today. Yes. Our R and D department. Yep. Deontay Wilder with a big knockout win last night over Lewis Ortiz in the seventh round. I mean, talk about, talk about power. Talk about power, Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. You hear the comparisons to Mike Tyson. I think Mike Tyson, in my opinion, Mike Tyson's historically overrated. And that's a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. I think he coincided with the rise of cable television and pay-per-view and HBO. And it was right along the perfect time for this, you know, ESPN was coming along. And these highlight reels, all of a sudden, everybody could see in a different way. And don't get me wrong, Mike Tyson was very exciting.
1: Well, he had a great story, too. He had a great story, too. So yeah, I think it was just a perfect storm of. It was a
3: perfect storm, and he had power to back it up. Mm-hmm. No way, no question. Yeah, see, I think Mike Tyson is looks and he looks more skilled than Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder's is kind of wild. I can buy that. What
1: do yeah. you think, Brandon? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, he's got the he's, length that allows him to kind of throw throw sloppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Tyson had to rely on getting inside and using good tight technique, and he had
3: some of the best trainers. Sure, Teddy Atlas and all them guys. Right.
1: Yep. No, that's true because Tyson was only five eleven.
3: Right.
0: Deontay Wilders six six. Yeah. He's a big guy. Right. Okay, so that's a difference. Yeah. When you have a real long reach, when, when you reach, you fought people, Brandon, who have longer reaches than you. Mm-hmm. You certainly sparred with them. Sure. You gotta you gotta be tactical. You gotta be technical. Right. When you have a a disadvantage for size, don't you?
1: Yeah. And that's
0: what we saw from Mike Tyson, so that's a good point. I would agree with that. Deontay Wilder looks a little sloppy at times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he has power. Mm -hmm. 41-0, 40 of those wins coming via knockout. 2015, he had one decision victory over Bermain Stavern. Um, so just that, but
1: do they count the one against Charlie
2: Zelenoff?
0: <laughs> you guys know who Charlie Zelenoff is? No.
2: That's the guy that goes around and fights people
0: in planet fitness. Yeah. <laughs> he goes into planet fitness. People have a, a, a video <laughs> camera. People have a video camera. Why? And he says, Hey man, you want to do just a little light sparring? They're recording some guy in his fifties who looks like he's never thrown a punch in his life. Puts on boxing gloves, has no idea what he's in for. The second he gets the boxing gloves on, Charlie Zelnoff, who's an okay boxer, you know, maybe an okay little amateur, he he knows how to throw a punch. Nothing special. Right. Okay. The second this fifth, unsuspecting 50-year-old overweight guy puts these gloves on, Charlie Zellinoff's throwing bombs to his head. The guy falls down. Charlie Zellinoff's then pumping his arms up in the air on the camera saying, you know, 281 and 0. I'm never. Number- <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's like. That's how
3: Kimball Slice got his start. Okay. The not three fights and, and stuff like But he looked like he actually fought real real guys. I mean, he's got sure. huge. Sure. But, you know, I do got a question before we jump topics on the MMA stuff. Since last night's fight was so quick, how long do these guys have to sit out before their next fight? No one, I mean. Neither one of these guys really – I mean, I know getting knocked out makes you sit a little bit longer. 60-day suspension, right, Brandon? When you get knocked yes, out. Yes,
1: there's a medical suspension. Anytime you get knocked out, you have to sit out for 60 days regardless. But there's no suspension for Fowler because there was no injury at all. So Yeah, so he could fight next he weekend. He could turn around and fight next weekend yes. at a different yeah. organization. I was,
3: wondering, I was wondering about that because, you know, as far as, like, making money and stuff like that, I mean, if you, if you wanted to fight the next week or two – You'd be good.
1: Yeah.
0: And now Ben Fowler, like I said, he messaged me last night and said he's done. He doesn't know
2: Floyd Mayweather. He could have just fought again the same night. It didn't even. (laughs) That's (laughs) how (laughs) he used to do it. Yeah,
0: I can't
1: do that anymore. Brandon, have you ever fought
0: more than once in a night?
1: I was scheduled to, but um, unfortunately I didn't get to because uh, I was – Out via decision on the first fight.
0: You've never fought two cage fights in one night?
1: I know. (laughs) What a
0: softy. I know, man. What a softy over here. (laughs) Okay.
2: He did fight two guys at the same time in one ring.
0: That's true. He did. I did do that. And he's done some other crazy stuff, too. He's got put on knight's armor and fought. Yeah. right yep <laughs> skydive sword fight i don't know it was something like no. <laughs> not, <I'm> not
1: yet <laughs> <laughs> that's on the schedule
0: underwater you should do underwater deep sea diving fighting
1: yeah like just trying to get after somebody's hose <laughs> that would be what it turns into
2: <laughs> you're always uh, i'm not gonna say that. going after people's ho- no, I say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we gotta I'm, keep it pg Sh- johnny's here
0: so before we move on Saturday, December 7th is the next Hard Rock event. It'll be at the Dayton Convention Center in Dayton, Ohio. That same night, or I'm sorry, I think Eastern Time Zone, that same day in the Middle East will be the rematch. Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz Jr. I was so fortunate to be at the first fight at Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. And I saw... Andy Ruiz Jr. upset Anthony Joshua. Well, we'll see the rematch. It's in Saudi Arabia. Have you seen him? Ruiz? He's lost weight. Oh, he's lost
3: a lot of weight.
0: Some people are saying that's a mistake. Yeah. Some people are saying that's a mistake. I think he's lost like 25 pounds.
3: Yeah, I've seen it side by side. It, it looks like he's probably closer to 40 pounds. Wow. He, yeah, he's a lot smaller.
0: Some are saying that's a mistake. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. so if he loses... If he loses, and he would have stayed the same way, people would have said, oh, you should have tried to change it up, right? Yep. So, you got to do what you think's best. Right. Uh, but he's quick, man. So, I'm excited about that. Shout out to Louisville, Louisville's own Timothy Moten, who's been on the air with me here on the weekend sports buzz. Timothy Moten sat in this chair right here, trains at of core combat sports in Louisville. He is over in England right now. He's. 5'11". I'm sorry. I think he's six foot. uh, Big heavy guy for a heavyweight. About similar shape as as Andy Ruiz Jr. Okay, wow. Similar shape as Andy Ruiz Jr. He's over in England helping Anthony Joshua prepare for this rematch with Andy Ruiz Jr. That's pretty cool. Shout out to Timothy Moten. I've messaged with him and his cousin Earl Heyman, who's also been on the show with us. Former Golden Gloves boxer. Champion. Uh, they're going to come on the Kelly Patrick show s- soon. You know, once, <laughs> once Timothy Moten gets back from England, we're going to set that up. Nice. So, very exciting to have Timothy Moten over there involved in the Anthony Joshua camp. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502 384 1450. We are going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian?
4: Hey, I'm doing great, guys. A great show. I love love hearing about uh the fighting activity last night. I want to say a big shout out to one of my favorite people in the whole world, Johnny being in studio with you there. Johnny, great to hear you're in there. Hey, guys, speaking of fights, I'll lead with this. Did anybody see the right-handed drill job that Wilder dropped? I mean, he was he was behind on all the carbs. Uh he'd only won in the 7th round is when he dropped I think it was Ortiz. He dropped him, and uh, he was he was losing. And it was a very uneventful fight. But my God, did he drop the bomb! Really delivered it. So um, he stays undefeated. I'm sorry, yeah, undefeated with just the one draw against Fury, uh, February 23rd. As long as Fury continues to move along, so that's still set up. He's trying to unify unify the division. So. That's interesting. Hey, I want to give the uh, Cardinals a big shout-out for getting to 7-4. and four. Remember, guys, Vegas had them at three and a half. Uh, Kelly, I don't know if, if we go back and look at what we all predicted. I don't think any of us had them at 7. No. There's two games left for them. Uh, congratulations to the Cats. Bowl eligibility pounded UT Martian uh, yesterday the Martians from the university of Tennessee. So, uh, 50 to seven, I believe it was, um, still no passing yardage, but you don't need it when you run for 400 yards. So, um, sets up the big uh, governor's cup next Saturday, uh, in Lexington. So, uh, I'm glad to see both teams are bowl eligible. Maybe take a little bit of the, uh, drama out of the fight. Uh, that, that series doesn't need any more excitement. So, uh, uh be interesting to see what happens there. Hey guys, poor Jeff Braum, poor Jeff Braum. I really feel bad for him. No bowling this year for Jeff. He got pounded yesterday at Wisconsin and he my the Hoosiers who I've said, I think of the tri state there, the three teams there, I've said that they've really probably got the best football team. Didn't hang that long at Michigan yesterday, but that's a big game next week. Indiana and Purdue uh, my pick is that the Hoosiers will handle Purdue. It's a, it's a home game for uh, Jeff Brom, but that will be it for the season for Brom. No bowling for him, but he will get continue to get all of that $5 million that he coached out of the University of Louisville. So that's good for him, Jeff. Uh, good for you, buddy. You've got a lot of fans here, none of them at the University of Louisville. Um, hey, Kentucky and Louisville both have pretty tough home games in, in this silly season of basketball. Both of them play at 6, 6 o'clock tonight at home, both playing a 4-1 team. You know, I don't expect either one of them to have much problems with them. But, you know, with, with with who they've been playing, in my opinion, these are the two best teams that are coming in so far to play both of these teams. It would be interesting to hear what Gary says about UK's opponent. But uh, I know Akron coming in tonight at the Yum Center is going gonna, gonna to be a pretty competitive game for the Cardinals. So, uh That'll be interesting to see how both of them handle both playing at six o'clock tonight. And guys, I want to just remind all your listeners. What a great week of horse racing there is this week out at Churchill Downs. you know, Thursday obviously is the traditional Thanksgiving day where so many families from Louisville and surrounding areas come and celebrate Thanksgiving. It's a huge day at Louisville and they've got some, uh, the fall city handicap. I mean, they've got some really nice racing and then the signature race, uh, is on Friday, Black Friday, the Clark Handicap, named after General Clark, who really got Churchill Downs on the right footing. and It's the grade one Clark Handicap for older horses going a mile and an eighth. I'm very disappointed. Maximum Security decided not to go that route. Uh, maybe still some bad feelings. Hey, I don't know if you saw it, guys. A judge ruled against the, the, the lawsuit that the West had after they got screwed out of the Derby. Uh, so uh, the judge ruled it, but true to form, my boy, Mr. West, appealed it. So it's not done yet, guys, uh, and, and a really interesting appeal. Uh, I read the whole appeal. So that's not done yet, and I am still holding hope that the 145th Kentucky Derby will someday, maybe 20 years from now, someday will be rewarded to the one that broke on top and led a mile and a quarter, and pulled away at the end, only to be placed 17th. So, uh, hopefully, that that'll get fixed. But that's really all I got, guys. Good day of NFL football today. Uh, the Buckeyes had a little bit of a challenge last night against uh, Penn State at home. It got interesting. Probably one of the first times the Buckeyes really been challenged, uh, but they they held off, and uh, they're all set up for the big match, and I think this is a better Michigan team that they're going to go, and it's in Ann Arbor, in the big house, so the Buckeyes still got one big game. Hey, I was glad to see Oregon lose last night, guys. I did not think they were for real. They went to a pretty mediocre Arizona State and lost. That takes them. All I've been hearing about is they're the new Oklahoma, you know, who barely got by. I believe it was Texas Tech yesterday, so that'll be the new one that they're trying to squeeze in there. Georgia had a nice win against, uh, I believe it was Texas A&M. Uh, and how about the bowls going to Missouri? Uh, and, you know, they've slid back in. They're going to go bowling after their uh, upset win at Missouri yesterday. So uh, after a dismal start, Tennessee's football is, uh, is going to go bowling. But that's all I've got, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I'll hang up and listen. Great stuff,
0: as always, from our man Brian the Insider. Brian, thank you so much for the call. I want to remind our listeners, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. By the looks of our man, Brandon Bishop, over there behind the glass, we've got some calls lining up. Brandon, who do we have on next?
1: Busy day. We've got Carolina on next.
0: All right. We're going to head back to the buzz line. We have our man, Carolina Steve, is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Carolina?
5: Just fine. You ask a question on First About where will Tulin get drafted and everything, I don't think he'll get drafted this year because I think he'll go back to Alabama and check and just see how good that he has healed and everything, and he'll be a contender for the Heisman Trophy next year.
0: Okay. I had asked on Facebook because I knew that it's a – with an injury like that, you always have people who are on both sides of the fence. And and plus, I don't know how – how great of a match Tua's skill set is for the NFL to start with. What do you think, Carolina? How, how, what kind of NFL quarterback will Tua be when he, when he does go to the NFL?
5: I have no idea. Okay, that's he could fair. Be, he could be the second coming of the state, Kenny Stabler. He's got a great release. He's got a great arm. I just don't know how much this injury will affect. You know how it affected Bo. Uh, Bo Jackson. Jackson. Bo Jackson could not even play football anymore. He could play baseball though.
0: Yeah, but we're in a different time. Bo Jackson's injury was what thirty years ago, or you know, or twenty five years ago, something like that.
5: But it's going to be interesting uh, with these things. I uh, uh, tell you what. The the more I see them, the more I'm not impressed with them, and that is Ohio State.
0: Yeah, Brian just mentioned it. Had a a tough time yesterday against Penn State, so a a difficult game for the Buckeyes. Who's going to win the national championship in college football, Carolina?
5: Well, you know Clemson will be there. Yeah. And Clemson, the way it's going, uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff where everybody's, you know, Talking about the Clemson is getting better and better every week. I think it's going to be Clemson and uh, maybe uh, oh Alabama for the national championship. Okay. That, I bet, well, that be the fourth time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess so. Yes, amazing. I mean, those two teams are be- clearly at the very top
1: of the sport.
5: Yeah, first, first of all, now, I want to give a shout-out to Coach Satterfield. Wow. He has really, really done something great with these Louisville Cardinals and everything. He's in the running for National Coach of the Year. And here's something I find to be weird. The guy who replaced him at Appalachian State, Eli Dirkowitz, is also in the running for the National Coach of the Year.
0: That's wow. Pretty good. Yeah, I would say so.
5: <clears throat> and you got people in there, you got Dabo in there, you got the coach from Ohio State, people like that. I'd like to see Coach Satterfield get it. And I want to see Coach Satterfield go down to Lexington and whoop up on them Wildcats. For the simple reason that I just just don't like the way that they're playing. I don't like what they're doing. They've got a quarterback down there. Instead, they're putting both back there. And that right there might hurt him on his uh, pro draft because he was a good wide receiver.
0: Okay. We'll have to wait and see. This time next week, we'll be back here on the Weekend Sports Buzz, and we will know what happened. So just one short week away, and, and we'll see what happens in that rivalry game between the the Wildcats and the Cardinals. Carolina, thank you so much for your call, as always. Before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on?
5: Well, the uh, WWE has their uh, big Survivor Series tonight. They got people from uh, NXT and uh, SmackDown and Raw competing. and There's a bunch of uh, former uh, MMA, especially on the female side. You got... uh, I think her name the Bazer, who's with NXT and she is leading what they call the four horse women. Okay. And they are they're uh that's gonna be pretty interesting tonight. Uh it's gonna be big. I don't I don't have the WWE thing, so I won't watch the pay for you. I'll just check Freezer report out and find out who wins the thing. So y'all have a good one. Great show y'all have, and have a nice day and have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, Carolina. I absolutely love his calls. You know, one of the regulars. Carolina's been calling in since we first started seven, eight years ago on the air. You know who else has been calling in ever since we've been on the air? We're going to head back to the buzz line now. We have our man, The Truth, is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Truth? Here, can we we hear Truth?
1: I've got him turned up.
0: You You there, Truth? Truth?
1: I'm not seeing any sound come out of him. I
0: heard him yeah. there for a moment. Yeah, he was there for a second. Muffled version of truth. Truth, if you're listening, please call back in. We'd love to get you Love to get you on the air. What do we think the truth is going to say, Gary?
3: Um, I
0: told you Hoosiers so about
3: the are probably 4-0 oh or 4-1, wherever they are, 4-0. Oh. Um, the football team would be that much better next year than winning the championship.
0: When the national.
3: The, yeah. the football you know, team will Tom win Tom it all Allen, next year. And Tom Allen is a pretty good coach. It really is. Yeah. He's been mentioned at the Florida State gig or, and the Arkansas gig. So, uh, I don't know. They have to keep him. they got some, they got some really good players. The quarterback's good. I mean, though he's he's, he's injured. But he's, what, a 7-4 and four now? They were 7-3. and three?
0: Yep. I think you're in
3: a conference like the Big Ten. If
0: you can turn Indiana into a winner.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean, they got a big budget there in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you don't just stay there. We're going to head back to the buzz line. Looks like we do have our man Truth. Is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Truth?
6: All right. How are you doing this morning? Doing very well. What do you have for us this morning? Uh, hey, I heard uh, Carolina, the coach of the year is Tom Hamlin. He's National Coach of the Year. Well, Brian, the insider,
0: seemed to, to a degree, agree with you. He said he thinks Indiana maybe has the best team, best college football team out of the three local teams. So, sounds like Brian the Insider is going along with you. But Tom Allen with a huge season. I'll be honest. I did not expect this.
6: Hey, uh, check this out. You know who we play this week. We take on the Brahms this week. So, I'm looking forward to beat Jeff Bryan and all the Brahms family in Louisville this week with Indiana Purdue, but
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of locals here who will be cheering with you against the Brahms. As I hate to say it, but yeah, the Brahms are are not the most loved family, despite this being their hometown.
6: Hey, let me go son, before I change, son. How about Evansville ISIS whooping uh, the Kentucky Wildcats? I know I ain't got to the comment
0: about that. Did you, got Gary, Chris? Did you guys hear that Evansville, led by Walter McCarty, beat Kentucky a mm-hmm. couple Tuesdays ago? Did you guys hear about this? Yeah,
2: I, I bet you. Uh, you know, truth being a Indiana fan probably made an altar to it. Like after Indiana beat Kentucky, and you know the crazy thing is back in the
3: day? Evansville haven't, hasn't won a game since. Wow! Yeah, they got beat by SMU at home, then Eastern Carolina beat them by like twenty five.
2: Now you're making me feel <laughs> yeah, even they, worse they about Kentucky. <laughs>
0: I'm surprised Carolina. See, I'm I'm surprised Carolina didn't mention the East Carolina Pirates. I'm surprised he didn't
3: mention them. <laughs> I know it.
2: No, but that was a great win by Evan, Evansville. Uh, hopefully Walter McCarty can use that to make some money. Uh, I'm sure they'll, other teams will be looking to uh, replace uh, a head coach, possibly looking at Walter McCarty. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's kind of flaky, but they, they beat them. That was a good win.
3: Hey, Truth, do you think y'all are going to be able to hold on to Tom Allen if these bigger schools come after him in, in the offseason? so what do you think y'all are going to be able to hold on to Tom Allen at the end of the season when all these bigger schools, Arkansas and Florida State, try to come after him?
6: Uh, let me, let me. I'm glad y'all say that Tom Allen give ready to get a big raise at IU. He's not going nowhere. You know, I do kind of believe that for some reason
0: Indiana sports fans they've got deep pockets and they're passionate. He, they really are, I, you know. They just are. It's mm-hmm. a big – one of the larger universities for starters in the country. Uh, so they've got they've got do, uh, boosters, and I mean they've got a, a serious financial presence, yep. and that's that's substantial. That matters.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, reason why I said Tom Allen is not going nowhere. He, he's at his dream job. He's from the state of Indiana, he coached high school football in the state of Indiana. And that's what he always wanted to be, and that's where it's hard at. I don't see him. Why would he want to go somewhere uh, he's going to be unhappy about? Because he's the big sheriff man in the state of Indiana, and he's getting building a program. You know, we don't have uh, cabins of different cultures coming, but he really want to be there. That's the difference. He's not going to that's, – uh, that's like uh, saying uh, – John Wooden was going to leave uh, UCLA and go to North Carolina. We know that was going to never happen. I think some coaches get at a place where they they know they care. At, he don't have to worry about looking over his uh, back or nothing like that. Because the people in the state of Indiana love Tom Allen. And Ben and Archie Miller, let's be honest about it.
2: They love him right now because he's on top. Just let him have one down year, and we'll see how much they love him. (laughs) You know how it is, man. It's what have you done for me lately. But, yeah, I could see him staying around an extra year.
6: Let me throw this out there. You know, we big baseball fans. Could you believe Houston have cheated to beat my Yankees and cost me World Series? Could you believe that?
2: (laughs) I heard some stuff about that. I don't know. What's the details on that?
6: What do y'all think about that? I think they should rip them from the uh, uh, World Series. I think they should uh, give the Yankees the World Two World Series. They cost us two World Series. Not only that, they need to give the Yankees their first uh, first round pick. Everything what the Yankees want, they need to give them to the Yankees because they robbed us.
0: Do you think the Yankees could have beat the Nationals in the World Series?
6: Uh, well, the Nationals are overrated. They just. They just got hot at the right time. Let's give it. We'll see what they do next year. Okay. Well, I'm out of here. Y'all have a blessed week, okay? And happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving right. to Church you, Truth.
0: Great stuff as always,
3: Good. sir, man. Truth, I love it, man. You know, the, the thing that I don't get is him saying Tom Allen's dream school was Indiana. James Franklin's dream school was Penn State. That's where he's from. It's his area. But – Everybody's saying if he's offered the USC or Florida State job, he's gone at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So the the whole dream school job means nothing to me once the money starts talking.
2: And, you know, to use UCLA as a, an example is kind of extreme because, you know, that was the pinnacle of college basketball in that era. Was yeah, there was
0: not much parity at that time. Right. It was like, where was he going to go? Yeah, I mean, that was the – How many good college basketball teams were there in the
3: 70s? Probably four or five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had Kentucky. Duke hadn't come around yet. They didn't come around until 79. Okay, that's what I mean. So. You're right. North Carolina, because Dean Smith was there. True. So, yeah, it wasn't but a handful of teams anyways. Um, Going back to Brian, the insider was talking about Kentucky playing Lamar tonight. Looking at Lamar's uh, lineup, they do got a 6'6 guard that averages 19 a game, shoots 60% from the field and 40% from three-point range.
2: It's going to be a tougher game. Uh, I don't know what's taking Kentucky so long to get uh, in this groove. Obviously, it's Andrew- pretty much a whole new roster again. Yeah. So, uh, that's – but. Calipari has a whole new roster every year, basically, right? And they started out the first uh, game of the year. Michigan State looked like they were on top of their defensive game. And then I don't know what happened after that, but they, they're not playing defense to the level they were against Michigan State. So no. they definitely got to pick that up. And they hit some shots in the second half Friday night. Uh, I don't think they hit uh, three in the first half, and I think they hit probably six or seven in the second half. So – you know they can hit them; they just can't go on those long runs where they're not hitting shots. That's what's scary about this team because you don't have a Tyler hero that can come in and get you instant offense. Uh, and the players that Kentucky needs to have step up are freshmen, so it's going to take them some time to get you know experience under their belt and understand when it's uh, time to turn on the the you know. I just think I
3: just think it's injuries and cohesiveness you know you get one guy who's playing one position and then he's out and you got to have a fresh and step up that hurts him i think the thing i've taken out of these first five games is nick richards
2: play oh he looked awesome he's averaging almost
3: 15 points and almost eight rebounds a game
2: now granted kentucky didn't play anybody they didn't have a real big post presence but it don't matter For Nick Richards, he just needs to keep doing that no matter who the opponent is, right? I mean, he's uh, finally showing some – looks like he's got some uh, uh, confidence in himself and he's using that uh, turnaround jumper quite nicely this year, it looks like.
0: Been a very active first hour thus far as we had, what, three calls back to back to back. I absolutely love it. Once again, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line – Is 502 is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in this morning. Be sure to stick around as my man Chris Embry, Gary Love, and, of course, Brandon Bishop and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the weekend sports buzz live here on 96.1 FM fourteen fifty AM WXVW the Big X. The weekend sports buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy located at seven nine zero eight
1: Beulah Church Road. You got Beulah
0: it. Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky four zero two two eight, right next to Able Automotive. Right, that's right. You know who's who's that's Tim Gar's brother in law. Did you know that, Brandon?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not so sure his brother-in-law would want us broadcasting that he is somehow related to Tim. What, what do you mean? I mean, I don't know if I would publicly broadcast that myself.
0: Wait, Tim's a very classy gentleman,
1: right? Is that, is that how you would describe
0: him? Johnny over here knows Tim Gar. Johnny said saw a picture of him one time and said, oh, that's Catfish Cooley.
1: <laughs> I feel like you're, you're throwing the term classy around pretty... Pretty pretty
0: liberal use of the word classy. Okay, well. Good guy, though. He is a good guy. I love Tim Gar. He's going to be on the show, on the podcast coming up, I think, next week. So We should get him here on the weekend sports buzz one day, talking about Kentucky basketball. Huge Kentucky fan.
1: It would definitely make (laughs) for an interesting show.
0: We encourage our (laughs) listeners to give us a call on the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line, which is 502-384-1450. Chris? Gary, I know there's a lot we need to get to. What's going on?
3: I want to go back to uh, Brian the insiders call about why Kentucky is playing Lynn Bowden instead of Sawyer Smith. Kentucky had 479 total yards offense yesterday. 462 was on the ground. Lynn Bowden is four and two since he became the starting quarterback, and he's ran for 854 yards. <laughs> So you have a That's dual. I mean, he's not really a dual threat because he he can't complete a pass either. But Sawyer Smith had the entire third quarter yesterday to do anything, and he didn't complete one pass, and he was way off on his passes. Yes, Kentucky can't throw the ball right now, but nobody can stop their run. Mm-hmm. They have three great running backs, and then put Lynn Bowden in there, and it just—I mean, if you, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you keep him back there? It makes the, it makes the other teams prepare for him. Limbo is the only the only player in the country leading his team in receiving and rushing yards.
0: Wow, that's
3: probably not common. No, not at all. So why? I mean, Marshall Falk type deal. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? I don't think he's hurt his stock at all. If anything it's helped him. He can run the ball. He can catch the I ball. I was
0: thinking that. I, I you know I was thinking that. I was wondering. Yeah, yeah I don't know if that hurts your stock. No. Randall Cobb kind of did that type stuff in college. That t- you know he. People see that as explosiveness, as yes. playmaker uh, ability. Heinz Ward played a little bit of quarterback for Georgia.
3: Yes. yes I mean, the is.
0: list goes on and on, right, yep. of guys who, when you're that talented, you're that athletic, mm-hmm. offensive coordinators in college are like, huh, let's not overthink this. Right. Let's put the ball in the, the best, most athletic players' hands. Absolutely. That's how it works. Absolutely. And Lynn it. Clearly is that guy for Kentucky.
3: Yeah, and and if if you're Kentucky, when you go into this Louisville game next week, knowing Louisville gives up close to 250 to 300 yards a game sure, on the ground, sure. Why not Why not have a running quarterback back there?
0: You got to think Satterfield and the def- and the defensive staff for Louisville is really game planning for Lynn Bowden. Yes, P- pretty one one dimensional quarterback. Right. Right.
3: Oh, absolutely. He is. I mean, even, more, even
0: more so than Lamar Jackson in the NFL.
3: Yeah, they were two, and a, two out of 11 for one and a half yards per game on their passing yesterday.
2: That's... They
3: had to complete a completed pass in the first quarter. The entire team? In the fourth quarter. Yes. Sawyer yeah. Smith's healthy, right? Absolutely. He said he was. Uh, Lynn Bowden threw the ball yesterday. Uh, one out of six for nine yards.
0: I, I, I've said I compared him to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a good NFL passer. So yes. that's
2: not even a comparison. Yes, he's he's better than what I thought he would be. Oh, certainly. Yes. You're basically playing the whole season without a quarterback. I mean, that's of course he's the quarterback, but Wildcat. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's not traditional right? at all. And I'm I'm really uh interested to see what the spread's gonna be because um I don't know what to expect out of this game. Yeah. Really?
3: Bolton had 11 carries, 129 yards yesterday, and had a long of 58 and uh, two touchdowns. Wow. I mean, why not keep him back there?
0: Okay.
2: So, what's your prediction for this Louisville-Kentucky game coming up next week? Because I don't even have a good feel. Louisville
3: is based on – they ran the ball well yesterday. The running back, I think, had 223 yards rushing. Mm Mm-hmm. they are more of an explosive play team, like like at Atwell. He had an 81-yard touchdown. He did. Kentucky is number six in the nation as far as giving up explosive plays. They do not give them up. Mm. So their secondary, they lost everybody in their secondary lap. They didn't have one guy come back, and everybody thought they was going to be down. They've only given up six passing touchdowns all year.
0: They also lost well, – Wow. Uh, who, Josh Allen? Josh Allen. I mean, they, yeah. yeah, they lost quite a bit of talent – Defensively, Kentucky did.
3: They lost. Look no further
0: than I'll say it again, Josh Allen. Yeah, who that impacts a guy like Josh Allen impacts the pass rush, obviously, which impacts the second, impacts everything. They lost Josh Allen.
3: They lost nine out of eleven starters last year. Wow. And they're yeah they're they're one of the best teams. They've only given up six receiving touchdowns this year, which is unreal for a brand new secondary.
0: I know who cares about this game. Who will be tuned in? He might even be there. Is our man Ben, our man Ben Fowler, huge Louisville football fan? We got to have him back in, don't we, Brandon? What if he just retires? He's like, no, thanks, I'm done with MMA. I just want to focus on being the the local <laughs> local college football
2: correspondent for the weekend sports buzz.
1: <laughs> I mean, sounds like a great opportunity.
2: Cool with me. He's not going to give Overstreet a chance to. Rematch? Redeem himself.
0: Huh. That's the first I've heard anyone mention that.
2: I just I just want
3: to know if you're going to put it in his contract, <laughs> if he gets the same amount of vacation time as Steve Driver. Oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Steve Driver. We haven't seen him in a few weeks. <laughs> got the new baby at home. Hope to see him back soon.
2: Yep. I'm sure he's got that baby dressed up in Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, yeah.
0: First and foremost, Brutus yeah. the Buckeye.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a bunch of different outfits probably. <laughs> right? Okay.
2: Absolutely.
0: bunch of different
2: Extravagant Buckeyes outfits. Yeah, I got. I'm working with a guy who's got his whole Christmas tree, Buckeyes and everything. Ohio
0: State fans are crazy passionate, man. Oh, yeah. If we're ranking most extreme fan bases in the United States sports landscape,
2: it might be Ohio who, State. Yeah, you think? I mean, look. They, who, who's number one? They don't even. Say Michigan by the, their name. Well, I guess Kentucky. some Kentucky fans do that. Kentucky
0: fans are pretty crazy, too. Steelers fans can get pretty crazy. Alabama football. Alabama football. Man, remember the guy? That was Auburn guy, wasn't it? Poison the tree? Yeah. 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 Have you heard that story, Brandon Bishop?
3: No, sure I haven't. love that
0: we got a clean set of eyes because Brandon <laughs> doesn't follow stuff like this. Listen <laughs> yeah. to this story. Okay. Ten years ago.
3: How long ago was it? It's, it's been somewhere around
0: there. Somewhere around ten years yeah. ago. They have a fine bomb, has a show. It was on Feinbaum, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Feindbaum has a radio show in Alabama football down in Alabama. Alabama and Auburn hate each other like Louisville and Kentucky fans do, but even worse. <laughs> some Alabama <laughs> fan called in to a I'm sorry, some Auburn fan called into an Alabama show. Yep. And they had some traditional tree. Yes. Alabama had some tree that was historic.
2: Yes. Over a hundred years of like I guess pinning stuff on this tree. I don't know what it was. So basically,
0: it'd be like this. Okay, so imagine we're an all we are an all Kentucky show here on the weekend sports show. So imagine that, and then a Louisville fan calls in, kind of tries to disguise his voice, and says, "Just so you know, I went out last night and I, I bought a bunch of poison, and I went over there and I poisoned that tree that you guys worship, ha 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 ha, and then hung up." They're like, what the hell? Do you think that was real? We're like, did this guy really kill this tree? Sure enough, the tree dies. Wow. Some maniac killed a beautiful, historic tree wow. because he didn't like a certain football team. Yep.
1: That's What a jerk.
0: What a jerk, really?
1: <laughs> hey, So um, I've got Ben Fowler on, and uh, he's, he's wanting to call in the show.
0: We'd love to hear from him. Absolutely what, would love to hear from What's the number him. again? uh 502-384-1450 ben fowler you are welcome to be on the show with us anytime
1: okay we're we're awaiting his call now okay
3: so <laughs> yeah i think they i think that got to kill that tree end up getting like two years two that's years crazy yeah. yeah
1: yeah wow so i mean obviously like destroying property and stuff was it like university property or something i guess
3: yeah because it was like right in the middle of their campus wow uh, so yeah it, it it was taken serious i mean it. Well, Alabama, heck, yeah, That's yeah crazy. I mean, yeah. So I don't know, um, but yeah, as far as like crazy fans, you know, uh, Ohio State's struggling with Penn State. People forget Penn State is a top ten team. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, they're pretty good. I mean, as much as I don't like James Franklin, why do you I, not like James Franklin? I think he's he's S- arrogant. He's snooty. Yeah,
0: Vanderbilt. I mean, just, I mean,
3: just like he he told everybody, he don't hire coaches. Unless he sees their wives first, do and what? Wait, yes, as, he said I that heard straight that. up. He don't he don't hire assistant coaches until he sees his wife and sees what they look like because if they can recruit them, then they can recruit good players. Oh my! Wouldn't that be funny if you
0: applied <laughs> to be a coach at Penn State <laughs> and exactly. you said I'd like to be the coach, and he goes, "Okay, let me see your wife." Yep. He met the wife, and he goes, "Nope, you're not hired." Yep.
3: And he's got gold business cards that he hands out to people. Yeah, he's, he's something else. So he's
0: specifically saying he would only hire an assistant coach if the wife is more attractive than that assistant coach. Yes. It's based specifically on physical attraction, yep. which offends me. If it's super, I'm very offended by that. <laughs> yeah. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. We've spent enough of the weekend sports was talking about this guy. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Ben Fowler is on the line with us. How you feeling this morning, Ben?
7: Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm still in shock a little bit.
0: <laughs> I was in shock, man. That, that made me difficult to, it was difficult for me to digest the rest of the card after your surprising knockout win at the very beginning of your fight last night. Congratulations on the big win.
7: Yeah, thanks a lot, man. It was a great day, man. Them cards look good too. Yeah, well, tell us about Ooh. Louisville
0: football. What's up with the the Louisville with Satterfield? How great is Satterfield?
7: He's awesome. We're gonna we're gonna get eight wins this year, and he's gonna be the coach of the year. Well, nine wins after our bowl, maybe, <laughs> but <laughs> definitely getting UK next week. Ah,
2: uh, okay. Where,
7: where are
0: you gonna be watching the game at next week, Ben?
7: Uh, I don't know. I was gonna go to Lexington, but. I wrecked my car, so I'll, I don't know. I'll probably just watch it at a bar or something now.
0: <laughs> Give a recap to our listeners of your past, was it your past week? Is that right? You were headed up to Ohio to train. Yeah. And what happened?
7: I was going up to, I was going to train on Sunday night, and uh, or Sunday morning. I was going to stay with a friend on Saturday, and a deer jumps over the guardrail, hits my car, destroys it, and uh, yeah, so that was bad, and then... <laughs>
0: uh you were interviewed by the news you were interviewed by the news for that right what'd you say what'd you say you were interviewed by the news
7: for that oh yeah 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 i was on the news i'm trying to start the deer holocaust we got to wipe these things out (laughs) 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 feed the homeless with the meat
1: delicious little critters
7: (laughs) starting the movement
0: (laughs) i love it so then i didn't know till afterward but it sounds like you were not able to really spar or roll over the past, what is it, two weeks or so?
7: Yeah, I, I tore, I partially tore my labrum in my shoulder, so uh, I really hadn't been uh, sparring or uh, doing any kind of jujitsu or grappling. But, you know, it's one of those things where I've been doing this for so long where I know how to fight. I just needed to blow out my cardio and everything would be fine, so... It worked out.
1: Do you have an Luckily arrow blade?
7: Fight, what'd you say?
1: Do you have an arrow blade?
7: A, a what?
1: It's called an arrow blade. It's a it's a tool that you can use in the gym to help uh, kind of build your the muscles around your labrum, help your shoulder. Um, we, have
7: a, uh, we have a we have Eugene Chozik at the gym, the jujitsu therapist. He gave me some awesome uh, PT I've been doing over the past couple weeks, and it really strengthened me up big time. So awesome! It helped a lot. Yeah. But uh luckily in you know my past fights, my striking really nobody saw it, so I actually have pretty decent striking. Everybody just thinks I'm a jujitsu guy though. So worked out. <laughs> Surprise. Apparently apparently you do. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know I had power like that, but hey.
0: <laughs> wow. Ben I have two questions for you before yep. before we let you go. One is, mm-hmm. when, when When will you be back on the weekend sports buzz with us next?
7: Uh, how about after we beat UK? That'll work.
0: A week from today?
7: Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs>
0: okay, you'll be in studio with us a week from today. Looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah,
7: as long as my work schedule's clear, I'll be there. Okay. So, we'll see this week.
0: <laughs> okay, also, what's next for the MMA career for Ben Fowler? Oh,
7: I think I might be might be hanging it up now. I can't be taking too uh, too much more head trauma. My uh, my family's got a history of dementia and stuff, so I don't need to be taking any more head trauma. So back to jiu-jitsu for me, full-time, putting the gi back on. Might try to win me a, a nice uh, Pan Am championship or something with that, get my black belt, start teaching, start teaching, passing down the knowledge, you know?
0: Wow. Well, Ben, congratulations again on what – I'm not exaggerating when I say maybe the most memorable MMA fight I've ever seen in person. Congratulations on a spectacular (laughs) – as spectacular of a knockout win as I've ever witnessed. Congratulations.
7: Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the love over the past couple years.
0: (laughs) Great stuff from our man Ben Fowler. Ben, have a great, great rest of your weekend. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank
7: you. All right, you too, man. Go cards. <laughs> See you later. Wow, what a
3: what a guy! And he follows Louisville football closer than anyone. And you know what? He don't have to worry about taking a head trauma. Just go out and knock our out in six seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's that easy. It's that yeah. easy, right?
2: We can't uh, gloss over the fact that you actually were betting against him in this uh, fight. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you should tell him. You should tell him that
3: he knows that way when he comes in next week.
0: He knows, <laughs> Gary. He was the first person. Here's what happened. I was recording an episode with. Nick Maupin. You were on that episode with me, weren't you, Brandon? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Maupin had one or two Bud Lights. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He had more than that. He had like eight (laughs) Bud Lights. There was a few. There was a few. And Nick Maupin said, the topic of Derek Overstreet versus Ben Fowler came up. And as I do over the past few months, I ask every one of my guests, what's your prediction? I like to stir stuff up because that's kind of the the role of the Kelly Patrick show. Nick Moppin just looked me in the eyes and goes, Ben Fowler's going to destroy Derek Overstreet. And I was like, you know, I didn't doubt that Ben could beat him. I always thought it was a toss-up fight. I really did, even behind closed doors and everything. It was a toss-up fight in my mind. But for someone just to say that Derek Overstreet didn't even have a chance? Man. I was just, I looked at him. You may remember, Brandon. I was like, what the hell, man? How drunk are you, Nick? And he just goes, all right, Kelly, let, <laughs> let's let bet tw- $20, $20. And on the air, I was just like this. I was like, okay, fine, let's bet. Okay, I'll take that. So I bet on the air that Derek Overstreet was going to beat Ben Fowler. Of course, I, I messaged immediately Ben Fowler, and I said, just so you know, I just placed a bet against you for your fight, $20, just so you know. <laughs> that, that softens the blow, doesn't it? Brandon? I don't know, man. (laughs) Maybe not. Have you ever had someone bet against you that you know of?
1: Um, Not that I know of, but, I mean, obviously I'm sure I have. Yeah. So, you know, that's all right.
0: Ben handled it real well. He was like, ha, 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 probably a good bet. (laughs) You should come train with me Sunday. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, dump button. I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, oh, shoot. We got eight seconds. I was like, oh, shoot. Let me wait here. I said, oh, shoot. Ben invited me to come train with him. Is he going to beat me up? But then I was like, this guy's too nice. He's a very nice guy. He's not beating me up. So I went in and trained with him on that Sunday, and we did some work. We even did some some striking stuff, and nice as can be. Ben Fowler's a, a stand-up guy, man, and I've said, it, I've said it for months now. After I saw that Ben Fowler versus Peyton Hughes fight where it was ended because of the Ben Fowler cut, Ben Fowler's only loss on his career. He got a huge cut on his eye. Huge, like the Nate Diaz cut. Just huge, bloody cut.
1: Yeah, it looked pretty bad.
0: Yeah, and he wanted to keep going. He was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to keep going. And I, I saw the look in Ben Fowler's eyes as the referee stopped it. Chris Kinman, I think it was, stepped in and said, this is over, or the doctor did. This is over. And Ben Fowler was like, just so disappointed. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm sold right now. This Ben Fowler guy has got a little bit of crazy in him. And if I ever needed like a bouncer or something, he'd be pretty high on my list of who to hire.
2: <laughs> I'd say so after the six second knockout. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the, the grappling, you know, the, the jujitsu acumen. So we appreciate everyone tuning in to the weekend sports buzz. We're on the air every Sunday from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. We're going to head to a break. We'll be back. Be sure to stay tuned for more of the weekend sports buzz.
3: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly had to step out for a second. Um, Chris, let's go back to these uh, Kentucky stats just as far as, like, what we're getting ready for during Saturday's game against Louisville. Uh, I'm just reading some stats here. It says Kentucky is now number 18 in the country in scoring defense, giving up 18.9 points a game. UK is still tied number one nationally in most consecutive games without allowing 30 points or more. Now, Louisville's averaging 34.5 points a game, so something's got to give there. And another thing is Kentucky's defensive ranks, number 10 in passing yards, 17 in passing efficiency yards, uh, 22nd in red zone defense. So their their, their defense is a whole lot better than what everybody thought they would be at the beginning of the year. Uh, Louisville's known to give up a lot of running yards, and Kentucky don't give up very many passing yards. So I think it's going to be a a battle that – whatever
2: team can run the, the best. Uh, that's what it looks like. I mean, with those numbers right there, you've got um, – I mean, those passing yard defense uh, doesn't matter because Kentucky don't pass the ball really, right? Right, right. So, um, you know, and Kentucky's at home. It's a rivalry. Uh, I know you got to put a couple, you know, two, three points uh, advantage for the home team there. Uh, you know – I, I could see this coming down to the wire and being a you know uh, three-point game or something like that, and I think Louisville's going to have uh, a tougher time scoring than uh, a lot of the fans are anticipating. Uh, Overall, I would say we should be
0: thankful. Before the yeah. season, I wouldn't have predicted, certainly wouldn't have predicted we'd be headed into this game at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Looking at two teams that are this good, yeah, right. Yep. I mean, for the health of college football in the state, this is good. This is an uptick. This Absolutely. is a good. This is a good year. And you know, we're not moving, Gary, Brandon, no. uh, Chris. We're we're gonna be here in ten years in yeah. Kentucky. Us four, personally. Right. Okay. We like football, right? Yep. Uh, I yeah. I like football about as much as I like basketball. And
2: football. you got to throw I, I, in Indiana as well. I sure, mean,
0: Indiana too. Brian said it earlier. He thinks they're the best of the three teams. Yeah. Um, but I like football. Okay, so I like it when the teams are doing well, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have pro teams. We're Kentuckians. We're here, okay? Yep. We don't have pro teams. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so it's way better when Louisville is not 2-10. and ten.
3: Right.
0: I hate to harp on that continually, but Brandon, have you heard me mention that Louisville went 2-10 and ten last year?
1: I think I might have heard
2: something about it. And That it. wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good for radio. No. We didn't have much to say last year. Wasn't
0: good for radio. Kind of got old really I quick. Know we,
2: me and Chris had a lot to say last you year. Did, you did. We did throw a little salt in yeah. there. But, you know, uh, still looking back, I think that Bobby Petrino had to be uh, tanking or something. because. Well, he just gave up and didn't care. He was like, I'm getting paid. I know my ten years over
0: here. Right? Yeah. I know it's over.
3: And yeah. offensively, this team has talent. They yeah. do. Yeah. Satterfield Yeah. in
0: Louisville? Yes. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, they run the ball. That's kind of yeah. like an old Petrino team. And I know it's a simple formula, but you know about this in fighting, Brandon. If you throw leg kicks, enough leg kicks, you establish leg kicks, it opens up what? Your strikes. Yep. Maybe head kicks or punches. Right. Okay. In football, you like how I draw these parallels? <laughs>
1: This is high-level stuff I'm doing here. It's a bit of a stretch sometimes, but okay. I'm picking up what you're laying <laughs> But in football, if you run the ball
0: and you run it well and you've got whatever blocking scheme, offensive line blocking scheme, that whatever you, it takes, and you can run the ball, which is what Louisville's doing. Mm-hmm. They have, to, what, 2,000-yard rushers? You know, every year Satterfield coaches, he has a 1,000-yard rusher. Wow, that's pretty good. I mean, what a formula for offensive success. I mean, what pressure. Off yep. of the quarterback, when they know that they can hand the ball off for two two consecutive plays, and then the defense has to adjust, and maybe put seven eight in the box, mm-hmm. and then the quarterback's like, well, a lot easier to complete a pass yep. when I just had a, a nine yard rushing gain
2: from my running back. You know, there's a. I, I know I might I'm jumping the gun. Gary's going to be looking at me with a wild eye That's okay. I said this. <laughs> let's, let's,
0: I'm going to watch Gary. But uh,
2: Satterfield may end up being the best coach that Louisville has had. I'm serious. The best co- – I mean, look. Gary doesn't look as shocked as you thought. No, because I think he's a really good coach.
0: Okay, yeah, and yeah. let's be honest, it's Louisville football. Not that – it's not like it's Alabama. If you said that, like Satterfield's going to go to Alabama and be the best coach for Alabama, that'd be
2: one thing. No, who's the best coach in the history of Louisville football? Schnellenberger? 2.0 or 2.0 or 1.0 Bobby Petrino possibly the f- I don't know, what do you think? Him and I think I think Schnellenberger gets a lot of props because he built the program from nothing.
0: Sure, they're almost going to uh, do away with the Louisville football program. I yeah. think
3: I think Charlie Strong's a better coach than Bobby Petrino first. Okay, 1. because Bobby Petrino 1.0 was in the AAC and uh, they he he padded his wins against Mediocre teams, and they got in the ACC. And look, he—I think he went two and a half years without winning, beating a top twenty-five team.
0: There's certainly something to that. Whereas Charlie Strong had a different approach, mm-hmm. defensive, hard-nosed, and they had that big win in the Sugar Bowl. I was there. Yeah, I was there in New Orleans in 2013. I was—I was there down there partying just for the sake, you know, for the sake of wearing the back when I was a Louisville football fan, Brandon. I partied <laughs> hard down there in New Orleans. <laughs> You know, just to represent. Then I jumped off the bandwagon a couple times. Yeah. But I was there riding the wave. I remember when Charlie Strong led them to that big Sugar Bowl win Mm -hmm. that they were not expected to win. No. That was one of the most exciting sporting events I've ever been to. Number one has to be Andy Ruiz Jr. knocking Anthony Joshua out. It just does. Yeah. Because nobody expects. Madison Square Garden. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Big. Real big. But that Sugar Bowl in 2012 or 13, whatever year 13, it was. I think. 13. Yeah, somewhere around
2: there. I don't know. My thing with uh, Satterfield is look what uh, Appalachian State is doing. Uh, since he left, I mean I thought hey this guy might not be able to recruit he you know
0: oh I was very skeptical of Satterfield also to be honest right uh, Brandon, one of the things and I love that we've got a rational guy over here who didn't follow any of this closely. What do you <laughs> think of this? A year ago we got uh, it was announced or whatever however long ago. Lou's got a new football coach. the nicest guy in the world doesn't even cuss. Doesn't even cuss. No one's ever heard him cuss. I was here on the radio, Brandon. I was like, what the
2: hell? A football coach who doesn't cuss? You know, I I was very skeptical, Chris, wasn't I? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and to celebrate it, he dropped uh, a cuss word today on the show, (laughs) Kelly Patrick did. I did. (laughs) I did. And I'll
0: credit that to the Kelly Patrick Show podcast which i've had a bunch of great success with and what i mean by that is it's growing i love it it is regardless of what you know it's not like i've got thousands of listeners yet yeah maybe get there maybe but it's really growing and mark weinberg for example did some commentary commentated two fights with me last night yeah but he was a guest on it and we got a lot of good momentum brandon you're a big part of that too so i'd like to thank you
1: awesome i'm glad to be a part of it
0: it's really fun but The Kelly Patrick Show has got me accustomed to we're allowed to cuss on there, and I don't drop a bunch of crazy cuss words on there or anything too wild, but I'll casually say something that's uh, technically a cuss word, and so now I've got to balance it. I've got to be aware here on Sunday mornings I can't cuss. But I can't on the podcast. It's difficult for my brain.
2: I'm glad you caught that because I forgot that was a cuss word.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. So
2: what, what exactly is technically a cuss word?
0: <laughs> it was a cuss word. It, it wasn't real vulgar, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Brandon uh, Bishop holding up the Deontay Wilder knockout
1: from last wow. night. Right. That was amazing. I didn't get to see it till just, just now. Just a right cross. Man, I mean, it the looks so perfect.
0: Would you say those were some little feints he's throwing with his yeah, left? He's Brandon just barely tapping, oh feeling
1: goodness. range, and then through the heat man that's a lot vicious. of times
0: that's what you do with the jab brandon
1: that was amazing is yeah.
0: that what you do with the jab a lot of times you're like he's got to deal with this just keep kind of popping it popping it and they're like yeah get this out of my face and then wham yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. they're I out mean, yeah there's a lot of reasons to use the jab a lot of different uh tools and avenues for it but at that point he was just making him aggravated putting something in his face for him to deal with and then hiding that right cross behind that jab and he'd did it perfectly.
0: I appreciate the humility of Ben Fowler. He came on and he said, I didn't know I had the power like that.
2: Mm-hmm. And didn't even really talk much about the fight after that. You know, he he, he went on to the sports.
0: What a cool. I, I want to have Derek Overstreet back on the Kelly Patrick Show, too. Yeah, and Maybe even the weekend sports. Was. Hell, he played for four years for Western Kentucky. He, was, he signed with Bobby Petrino at Western. He knows Braum very well, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, what insight could Derek Overstreet, so I mean, I, that whole, uh, the, back to the Kelly Patrick show, but the hype for that fight, and then the culmination of what it did, uh, the result. Yeah. We'll remember it years from now, I I think. I, I look back on like, man, I remember back when we used to talk all the time about, well, first we'll have to say Daryl Ray.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Brandon Breaking the boards Come
0: on man. <laughs> You think that the, the hype for the Derek Overstreet Ben Fowler Fight And then the result For the sake of the Kelly Patrick at- show Has now overcome The Daryl Ray talk
1: I hope so <laughs> I hope so let's, Brandon, let's tip the scales In Brandon that in that
0: behind the glass Was looking like He was having a lot of fun In that conversation and Then when I mentioned <laughs> Daryl Ray He kind of bottled up Face breaker Because <laughs> you're a purist At heart What that means is You like substantive fights
1: Yeah Right, yeah, yeah,
2: I can appreciate that. Without the substance, <laughs> nobody's going to listen, anyways. You don't like the Don King side of things, I guess, huh?
1: It's entertaining, but you know, I'm a fighter, so I like the fights.
2: You Let's know fight. the the thing about Deontay Wilder,
3: like Brian the Insider said, he was down all seven rounds on the scorecard. Yep. What's he going to do when he can't throw that magic knockout punch, and then he goes to distance, and he's done played around for twelve rounds? I'm with you. Waiting for the knockout. I'm with you Tyson on that.
2: Fury's going to – don't they have a matchup coming up?
0: They're saying it's going to be in February. Yeah.
2: yeah. Tyson Fury's going to bust him up.
0: You know what's funny is the the cycle of heavyweight boxing. I, I've read an article about this, and I think I've mentioned it here on the radio on a Sunday morning before, but boxing's been around for so long, the Marcus Queensberry rules, so you can go back and read newspaper clippings Media has been covering boxing for a long time. And honestly, that's what originally drew me to combat sports was the idea of if I'm going to be on the radio, I like the idea of these old school guys, reporters who follow boxing. So, okay, I'm sidetracked. My point is many years ago, 100 years ago, there were articles in the newspaper saying heavyweight boxing is dead. What a horrible time for heavyweight boxing. And then at 10 years later, you'd see an article about the resurgence of heavyweight boxing, American heavyweight boxing, okay? And then 15 years later, you'd see another article, and it would say, whoa, boxing is dead. It's dead dead. <laughs> Find different ways of really emphasizing that it's actually dead, okay? So yes, over time, it goes up, then it goes down, and MMA will encounter a lot of these same same cycles probably but uh, ups and downs and what we saw was in the 70s we had some greats some heavyweights okay a little bit of a lull maybe in the 80s a resurgence in the 90s for the heavyweight division and then the boring Klitschkos for like 16 years held the tight the two (laughs) between the two brothers nobody cared Mm -hmm. but now we're really back into the uh, a great era of heavyweight boxers who do you guys
1: think is the best of the the current heavyweight boxers
2: tyson fury it's, is my favorite
1: it's arguable i think it's a, a stable of guys honestly yeah. i think it's like the top five guys yeah. honestly you know that's what i mean because right. i mean it, and that's any what, given, it, that's any what it
0: takes time. that's what it takes for a good era that's right, Cause right. the Klitschko's were in fact great
1: mm-hmm. right
2: yeah,
0: but it wasn't entertaining. There wasn't enough going on then.
2: Right. Nope.
0: wasn't entertaining, and they didn't have anybody rivaling. Them. It, right. No, if
1: cause... you have somebody just goes in and creams the competition every time, it you know if you got you know, you'll have fans that are just cheering on the you know they want to see the blood. But you know if you want to see good fights, then you need a good stable of top fighters that can all beat each other, and that's what makes for good events. That's what makes for interesting fights.
3: Yeah, because the Klitschko brothers came in at the end of an era. Where everybody was strong, you had Lennox Lewis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all them guys were at, towards the end of their career, sure. and uh, and then they had like you said their ten to fifteen years of dominance, and now uh, you are starting to get five or six or seven guys that are just almost equal. Tyson Fury is a really good boxer. I am worried about him uh, stretching himself out too far. He's starting to get into wrestling now. He <laughs> yeah. wants to get into MMA, and I just think I just think he's losing focus, and I think that may hurt him in the end.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent. D- difficult
3: to argue with that take. Yeah. Um, we'll see. The proof
0: is in the pudding. So you right. know, we'll see. He almost lost his. Dan- I forget the guy he fought, but he had a boxing match a few months ago. Almost lost that. Yeah. Well, he got cut open, and it's almost like they had to stop it due to doctor stoppage. But yeah. still, he got he got hit enough to get be opened up really bad. Yep. I love Tyson Fury. Have you guys watched many interviews with him? Oh, he's
1: he's Comical, very good. Yeah.
0: He's has more more so than Conor McGregor.
1: Yeah, Very marketable guy.
0: Like the most marketable guy ever in the history of the world. Yeah. Speaking of Charlie Zellanoff earlier today, (laughs) bring this back into it. (laughs) The guy who goes into Planet Fitness and fights (laughs) old guys who have no idea what they're doing (laughs) and don't even know that they're in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Tyson Fury has such a good sense of humor that you can find an interview out there where Tyson Fury's looking dead serious into a camera and going, because Charlie Zelenoff always calls himself the pound-for-pound pound greatest of all time. He claims he's undefeated, pound-for-pound pound greatest of all time. Tyson Fury goes on a rant in a very serious tone about how he he agrees that Charlie Zelenoff is the pound-for-pound gra- pound greatest of all time. There's no question about it. He's the greatest. He's the GOAT. Uh, you know, I'd love to learn from him. Tyson Fury is, like, the funniest guy in the whole history of sports. I love it. Oh, man. I really do. I'm a big Tyson Fury fan. Me too. Yeah,
2: he he's good for the sport, man. He
0: used to get win a fight, and he would get grab the microphone and sing like a Aerosmith song or <laughs> or an Elvis song. He's got a pretty good voice. Have you guys heard any of this? They do make a movie
2: about this guy. I mean, and he's six
0: foot
3: nine. Yeah, six foot nine. What do y'all think about Floyd Mayweather coming back in 2020?
0: I've said it all along; it's going to happen. Yeah, you've seen how that guy spends money. He goes through money. He yeah. he, he tweets out a picture. I'm at the Milwaukee Bucks versus the uh, Los Angeles Clippers game, you know, middle of uh, January. Yeah. And he tweets out just casually a picture where he just placed a $2 million bet on the Clippers to win or something. Like it's just. Like there's, you know, some game nobody cares about. Floyd Mayweather's not good with money. No. And, and re- <laughs> so, yes, he's going to continue fighting. What do you guys think?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Until he gets a financial planner. That's what he's gonna have to do because
0: well, he, he has a financial plan. It's well, just when you need very mo- good. <laughs> well, it's it's when you need money. Go earn a hundred million dollars because that's pretty easy. That's well, his financial plan. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's not gonna last forever, though. I mean, he's gonna. What do you mean? Uh, obviously, he's he's bringing around suitcases full of banded, you know, hundreds. He's gonna end up being a
3: sideshow like Hulk Hogan is now. Hulk Hogan can't he can't stop wrestling or or being involved in things because he's. He likes the attention, likes the money. Ric Flair's the same way. Ric Flair's blew through every penny he's ever spent, I mean, he's ever made. And Floyd Mayweather's doing the same thing. Now people only are going to start seeing him for a side attraction because of the way he talks and this and that. Because his last four or five fights, his skills are diminished. Yeah, well, Floyd and, Mayweather.
1: And not only that, but his last couple of fights have been sideshow fights anyway, where he's fighting mm-hmm. people like Tension and McGregor. Just you know,
0: Tension like was much lighter than him too. Like yep. a, a much smaller person than him. Right. That was a complete sideshow. He didn't make. I think for the Conor McGregor fight, Floyd made like 120 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he must be about out of that. It's crazy. And I mean, he could re- he could fight Manny Pacquiao again. A lot of people would watch that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing: people are going to watch him no matter who he fights.
0: But 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 that has to end at some point, I right? Agree. Yes. Roy yes. Jones Jr. was the greatest fighter of the 90s. Yeah. And I think he fought, what, a year ago Mm -hmm. in Russia? Nobody cares. Mm -mm.
2: Are we ever going to have another Mike Tyson, though, that bites off an ear and, you know, brings more to it than just boxing? You have Don King in the background there's something about that era, though. I, I know you didn't like that era, or you didn't like Tyson. Yeah, as much. I,
0: I like Tyson. I am a Tyson fan, but I do think he's overrated. A lot of people say he's the greatest fighter ever, or something, or the greatest heavyweight ever. I think both of those are silly statements. I am a Tyson fan, though. I love hearing him talk. He had some of the most devastating power ever seen in the division. Oh yeah, That's... have you heard
3: his podcast?
0: A little bit of it. Yeah, he's I heard funny. an interview with him yeah. and
3: Steve-O. Yeah, stevo Steve-O's
0: funny. got a cool story. Yes, yeah. He's yeah. sober now. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. like, real bit, real into, like, being a vegan.
2: Yeah, I like all these people when they were on drugs better. <laughs> I, I, I'm just serious, man. These, these, uh, you know, these uh, stable guys walking around that used to get kicked in the, the package all the time, they're just not as funny anymore.
0: You know who was
3: an interesting
2: <laughs> interview I heard
0: recently on the Joe Rogan experience was Artie Lang. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: All the money he used to spend in Vegas and stuff like that.
0: Yep. Yeah. And how he's basically done heroin nonstop for like 40 years. Yep.
3: I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> he said, like, he, what did he say? He'd get $150,000, 75000 for a show in Vegas. And by the time he left, he'd spend like eighty or 90000 because of all the, the women and drugs he did while he was there.
0: He went to like the ESPYs in 2000, or maybe not the ESPYs, something in 2007. And he earned more in one night than he's ever earned. In 2007, he's like, wow, I just, half an hour, I just earned $400,000, wow, big night. Somehow he screwed up, he went to the <laughs> the casino, casino, and when he came back, he was coming down, he had like a dope sick thing where he, he needed heroin, didn't have any, and he started thinking, and he was like, well, I did do the, I lost money this weekend. Overall, he lost money. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't mean to laugh at, have you seen him with his nose? No. Have you seen him? No. If you get a chance, do a Google search for Artie Lang nose. <laughs> yeah, he's not looking too good right now. His nose is basically off.
1: Is that from cocaine, I guess? Well, he, he
0: did tell a story where he had snorted some cocaine, thinking it was straight cocaine, but some girl had taken a salt shaker to break it up, a glass salt shaker, okay, oh, wow. to break it up. Started breaking the rock cocaine up, and they It broke. Some of the glass got in there. She tried to save the coke because she's a junkie, and he then they then still snorted it. So he snorted a bunch of glass up his nose. But then he was involved in a little, in a little altercation. He's crazy, man. He says he's just attracted to chaos. A little altercation got sucker punched. Somebody broke his nose real bad. You see that, Chris? You see man, Artie, Artie, it looks Artie Lang's nose? Terrible. Yeah, Gosh. and that's how it looks now. He he he's not allowed to have surgery on it Why because not? because. He has now been sober for nine months. This is why I mentioned him earlier. He's been sober for nine months because we mentioned Stevo. Mm-hmm. It's not a good looking Look nose. Look at the side view. Oh, I know, I know. It's not good. Bad looking nose now, but he can get surgery to fix it. But when you go into surgery, the medical community doesn't really have an appreciation for addiction re- recovery. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you go in, and they're regardless of who you are, it's crazy. Sure. When you you're done, they're like, well, you need some. narcotics to treat this just you know just for a couple days Mm -hmm. and so aa is very aware of that and that's how people relapse so he Mm -hmm. can't go in to fix his nose so he's just doing doing comedy sets with no nose like
2: no nose it looks like no absolutely no nose he says he likes his gnarly nose now because it helps him remind him to stay off drugs i believe that there you go i I, good for him take a positive out of it good for him he also told some crazy
0: stories about you know um, methadone and and I don't know just the whole culture of of of, of drugs and getting it and what spices and what is what is this new fentanyl? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, he had some of the craziest stories. I, I I when I was younger, I was I would do some silly things and party a little bit. So I've always felt kind of like I at least knew something about how people party. But this stuff, I didn't even know what fent- I didn't even realize fentanyl is basically like heroin.
1: I'm assuming. I
0: don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, I was like know. all that, ears. wrong I'm like, I have no idea what this even is.
1: I know that uh, people have been cutting heroin with fentanyl, and that's what's been causing a lot of people to overdose. I heard that from the news, but uh, I mean, that's just me being a parrot and repeating. I have no idea. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, we're gonna head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We did to get a little off track in the in the final segment of the show, Gary and Chris. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about Kentucky basketball recruiting.
2: Okay. Absolutely. We got a lot to talk about.
0: Okay. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the weekend sports buzz. Also, Louisville basketball recruiting. Yes. Okay. And Indiana. In Indiana, please. Mm -hmm. Okay. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We will be back with more after these messages. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. We want to thank our man Dugan Ryan, uh, you know Trevor Kelsey, Doug Wolverton, everybody over there. Hell, even Matt McCarthy. Thanks for the support, everything that has went into the Weekend Sports Buzz being on the air every Sunday for so many years now. This is very therapeutic for me each week. And I appreciate the interaction from the callers and Gary, Mm -hmm. you and Chris and Brandon. So thank you very much. During the break, we were watching a clip from Harvard and Yale. There's a football game and some climate change protesters ran onto the field. They would not get off. Okay. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, those guys should have been pepper sprayed immediately in taste. (laughs) In my opinion, climate change is a hoax. We don't need to go into it further. (laughs) But climate change is a hoax. Now we're going to get to some college basketball recruiting.
3: <laughs> uh, I mean, how good. bad is it? I mean, how bad are them security guards? They just let kids walk on the field? Seriously? <laughs> in I, midfield?
0: I love those videos when when people are r- r- protesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone's driving along, and they're like, "Nope, we're going to get in front of you, and we're not letting you go through." And the car just hits them. <laughs> 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 those are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite videos. <laughs> like, oh, you think you're a good? You're gonna stand here and stop me? while well, I'm going to work.
1: <laughs> you're getting hit. It's just a gentle nudge. Yeah, yeah just push them out of the uh, way.
0: So we don't need to dwell on that too much. But once again, climate change that is, is m- a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Kelly. You crack me up, man. All right. So college basketball recruiting. What's up, Gary?
3: Uh, well, everybody, the the, the National Signing Day finished last Wednesday. So, Kentucky finished out their fall class. I don't think they're done. I think they're going to add one or two more. Number one class in the country, uh, four five stars, two four stars. Uh, Terrence Clark, the shooting guard they got coming in next year, is number four in the country. And I think by the time the year's up, he should be number two. I mean, that guy is unbelievable.
2: He, he's very long, uh, very athletic. And, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, out of these six guys, uh, there's only one, one player they have that's under 6'3". I mean, a matter of fact, five of them are 6'6 or taller. So they've definitely added some height, mm-hmm. but a bunch of these guys are more athletic. They're not bangers down. You know, Kentucky's still looking for a guy down low. Um but what do you think about these guards out of the uh out of the six? Uh you got BJ uh Boston, who is you know, six seven, one eighty five, obviously he's very thin, kinda reminds me of Tayshawn Prince. Uh how tall? He's six seven, uh one eighty five. You but get you get, get talking comparisons like that. I'm engaged. Oh yeah. Is he uh, a lefty? Now I don't know if he's a lefty, but he, I don't think he, he is. He uh,
0: Tayshon Prince had one of the more unique skill sets. You, can, I can get so off track. Yeah. But remember when he guarded Iverson?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he would always get those blocks, uh, those breakaway blocks from behind. Remember
0: when he blocked Reggie Miller? Yeah. I won't forget that in the Eastern Conference yeah. playoffs. Reggie Miller had a wide open layup. Yeah. But nope, <laughs> alien man Tayshon Prince, six foot nine with a seven
3: five wingspan, thought yep.
0: otherwise and blocked yep. his. Just yep. a very casual
3: layup. And, oh, absolutely. and he's like the he's like the one of the best scouts in the NBA right now for the Memphis Grizzlies. Is he? Yes, he is, and he's uh, I think he's next in line to get a general manager position.
2: That's how good he he's is. He's very intelligent yes. when it comes to behind the scenes. Basketball. I can get
3: so
0: off track, but uh, uh, not often that you see someone like that. No. Uh, really, that let's be honest, that's, that's tall. You don't see mm-hmm. people that are that tall then move in. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has talked about this on multiple occasions. And I agree with it. Patrick Ewing is a good example. He was mm-hmm. an assistant coach for how long? Years. People think they, there's like a, a, a biased, anti-big man bias. Mm-hmm. It's like little guys are the point guards. They must be smarter.
2: Right. You got it right.
0: I feel there is. It, it, it hinders your ability to move forward. You don't see many guys now. Phil Jackson, I think, is six eight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, is there's not that, but there's not right. that many. So sorry to be so off track. Go on, Chris.
2: No, I mean, uh, I basically, Kentucky got a lot of athletic uh, guards, um, uh, but for the most part, uh, these six guys that they have are fairly uh, on the thinner side. Wouldn't you say? I mean, uh, but they – And they absolutely stole one of Louisville's recruits. Uh, Devin Askew?
3: Yes, that's right. Chris Mack has been recruiting this guy since he was Xavier. Kentucky called him up, had him visit, offered him a scholarship, and he wasn't taking no more calls. So it shows you the difference in, like, when Kentucky offers somebody and then in football, then Alabama offers them. Sure. They go straight to Alabama. And I can't blame, to be honest, I can't blame the kids there. No, no, absolutely not. Right? Because
0: if I'm going to college basketball to play college basketball, Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking is I want to make some money. I want to get to the NBA. I want to be in a good position five years from now, two years from now, Mm -hmm. ten years from now. I want to be in a good position for me and my family. And Kentucky just does. How many more years can Cal do this? At what point, at some point, we're going to turn around and we're going to be like, wow. 46% 46% of the NBA is made up of former Cal players.
3: I kind of think... Exactly. That, I, <laughs> kinda, I <laughs> mean, think, at some point that's going to happen, right? It I,
2: seems like yeah. it.
3: I kind of think Duke, the last couple of years, come getting some of the big-time recruits, has re-energized Cal.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think he was out for blood on this recruiting class. I think he uh, he has never landed this many players in the early signing period. No, And uh, he pretty much... Uh, what, what was it? Joel Justice said that this is his uh, dream type of roster that he's put together for next year. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and he's not done. Uh, my question is uh, what if Kentucky don't lose enough guys to the draft, uh, Gary? How are they f- squeezing the, all these guys in? Well, they got six guys coming in next year. They've only got 10
3: scholarship players on the team this year, they've got three open scholarships. So they need at least three, three. to go to the NBA. Smacks, he has gone. Nick Richards is gone, and Higgins? Higgins wants to go, but if he still if he keeps playing like he is, he can't go. But one of EJ or Khalil Whitney would be gone. And you got Nate Sestina too. That's so that gives you four open scholarships. Got Nate Sestina, three open scholarships. You only need two to leave.
2: Yeah, and he's still looking at two other he guys. Needs t- too. He
3: needs one to two more guys. He needs. He's got to have some kind of. Low post. Yeah, they got Isaiah Jackson, which is 6'9", 200 pounds. Averages like four or five blocks a game. But he can't He can't guard a guy that's going to post up on him. So they have to get somebody with some kind of beef.
2: Uh, who are they looking at uh, for to fill those last couple spots?
3: It's either going to be a grad transfer or Clifford, I, I'll butcher his name, Omari or whatever from New York, 6'9", 6'10", 250. He's, uh, he's not going to be great offensively. But the guy is like he's like uh A Niggie Hunt. He's like him. He's a big old guy. It's gonna take him a little bit of time to get his offensive game, but he can guard anybody. How tall? Six nine, about two fifty, six ten. Yeah, he's pure, he's almost a pure center.
0: So you say mostly a defensive presence. Yes. But six nine isn't that that is a big shot blocker?
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's. I mean, he's. Uh. He's only really si- only
0: six nine though. I mean, that's yeah. short. Yeah. I'm kidding. But you I'm kidding. Yeah. I not. mean,
2: no. I mean, Kentucky's already got two six nine guys, and you're yeah. kind of hitting it where I was thinking they need to go a little bit because when when they list these guys at six nine, they sometimes come in and they're only six seven six eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well,
0: what? how how tall was Willie Cauley Stein? Six eleven. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, shot blockers in the Cal era are not traditionally six
2: nine. No, no. no. Uh,
0: now we've Marcus seen Lee
3: him. Martin
2: Lee was 6'9". Okay, he blocked a Bam Adebayo was six nine. I believe. Yeah.
0: So it's happened. Yeah. Remember, Ben Wallace was
2: only six eight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so is there an opportunity for any of these guys from uh, the twenty twenty one class to reclassify as a big man for Kentucky?
3: Yeah, but they're not shot blockers like uh, Poncho, He's not very. He's not a big shot blocker. They don't. College basketball is going away from the big guy.
2: There's just not like many NBA. of them out there. I but mean, that,
3: that Cliff or uh, Mario, whatever his name is, is 6'10", 240. So, I mean, that's a pretty good-sized kid. You
0: think the NBA is going, against, um, going away from the big guys, too?
3: Yes. If you can't shoot a three, Carl Towns can step out and shoot threes. DeMarcus Cousins can shoot threes. But if you have, like, Paul Gasol, I mean, he can't – he just had to retire. Yeah. Marcus, well, he's, like, 42. Yeah, he's old, too. But, I mean – Name me a dominant big man that's only a low post guy right now.
2: There's not many left, uh, if any.
3: Yeah. Uh, And and
0: Bede can shoot threes.
3: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If Um, if he can't shoot threes, if all you are a post-cup guy, you're not going to play very much. Dwight
0: Howard is, I mean, on the Lakers bench. He certainly can't shoot threes. So he's not a dominant. Um, DeAndre Jordan?
2: Yeah. But if you look at a lot of NBA rosters – their center is 6'9", right? Yeah. I mean, there's not as many uh, guys to go around like that. Right. Um, I'm pretty
0: bummed out that Gorgie Jang hasn't got more minutes. I was convinced he was going to be a better pro than he is.
3: Not playing behind Carl Towns. But still, Towns you can't Towns get the a minute to four. He can yeah, pass. he is he a can very sh-
2: good player. Can he shoot? He had always shot real well from the free throw line. Yeah, when yeah, Carl Towns she- was out uh, those two games, he played pretty good, didn't yeah. he?
0: Okay, Gary, you may there may have been something to that. Yeah. Can he shoot?
2: Yeah, I, just, I mean, I don't know.
0: Can he shoot for today's standards? That's consistent right. with the conversation we're having. Yeah. In, in high school, he shot about 80%. I'm sorry, in college, he shot about 80% from yeah. the free throw line. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, he can shoot. Yeah. Hey, what about the three-point line in the NBA? That's even much further out. So yeah, maybe
3: he's not that great of a shooter. Yeah. I don't know.
2: So. What do you know about the Louisville's recruiting class? I don't know much about those guys.
3: Louisville's recruiting class—they're ranked number twenty-three. I think it's the they're twenty-three in the country, but they didn't need a whole lot because they don't have. They may have one or two guys leave off this team. Jordan Orr is gone. Samuel Williamson wants to go, but I don't know if he can go. And Enoch's
2: gone, right? Didn't he? a Senior? He's a senior, but I mean, I got- mean, he's like been there for ten years. It feels like
3: yeah, and he started
2: at UConn. <laughs> Uh, they've got they've got three guys
3: signed they got DeAndre, J, DeAndre DeAndre davis is uh 65 170 number 93 in the country you've got JJ trainer local kid Barstown, his dad's um was it i can't he's escaping me
0: Ah, uh, I had just heard I just been reading about this too
3: yeah so his dad his dad played at U and then you got Jay scrub the number one JUCO player in the country, which I don't think sees a day of college basketball. Goes to the NBA. Oh yeah, why it's, is he
0: even flirting with it?
3: Because I mean, he's he's he went to uh, Trinity High School, so he's kind of a local kid, and if you if. It's your fallback plan. If but he's, he's an
0: NBA player, you're if saying? If he's
3: the top 20. Yeah, right now they've got him played at 25 or 26.
0: How many JUCO players have went on to be really good in the NBA, though?
3: Sean Marion? Yeah, there's there's not very many. But he didn't go straight from JUCO. He went, he from went JUCO to, UNLV. to UNLV. Correct. Two, yeah, so um, straight from JUCO, not very many. I, I
0: guess that's what I mean. Yeah. So do you really think he's going to jump straight to the NBA?
2: There hasn't been many from JUCO to do that. Louisville no. had the guy that they had committed, and then he didn't show up.
0: I graduated high school with that guy.
2: What was his name?
0: I graduated high school in 2002 at Oldham County High School with Dante Smith.
2: Dante yeah. Smith. I played basketball
0: with him since a young
3: age. And you had uh, Antoine Barber was the number one junior college player coming out. Uh, he came out of E-Town High School. Then he went to JUCO, went to Kentucky, and was very average.
0: Okay, I remember that. He looked yeah.
2: awesome in videos, but he got to Kentucky and yeah. he just wasn't.
0: Basketball's not quite like Jason that. Jason Osborne. Okay, good that, call.
2: That was JJ Trainers. That's J.J. Trainers' dad.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, Jason Osborne, oh. wow. male, male alum. He was really good. He was in high school when I was in high school, and he was really good. But uh, but like I said, Louisville's got three guys. You know, two or three years down the line will be good because they don't need a whole lot. I mean, they're going like I said, they're going to lose two 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 players early entry. But you got Stephen Enoch to grad you know graduation, and could, Louisville should be bring back most of their team next year which
2: they'll be a top-five team again. Is Louisville going to be ranked number one soon? Do you think you can see them?
3: If- no. I mean, Duke will be number one until they lose the game, and I I don't see them losing anytime soon because their schedule's not great until they get back in ACC play.
2: I think Louisville's
3: better than Duke, though. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I think they are, too. I mean, Duke's young also,
2: but Duke's got some really good big men. I got a bunch of Louisville uh, fan, uh, friends that are – Talking smack and saying that, you know, this is the year Louisville's going to beat Kentucky. And, uh, you know, it's still early. I think it's going to be a good game. But uh, until Louisville gets that monkey off their back, I still got to say Kentucky wins this one. We'll see. Yeah, It's going to be a good one, though. I
0: mean, really right now, Chris Mack and Satterfield, (laughs) Louisville fans are riding pretty high. Right now. After all
2: the stuff they went through, absolutely. Because it was
0: pretty low. Remember I was talking about the ups and downs for heavyweight boxing? (laughs) Yeah. Louisville fan base sentiment was very low just a couple years ago.
3: Well, you – you. I mean, even though some Louisville fans won't agree, I mean, the – you had two absolute jerks as head coaches and you had an AD that was so paranoid everybody was out to get him. He made life miserable for everybody in, in the city of Louisville, media and everything. I Bobby think now you Petrino, go three great guys.
0: For some reason, I'll always defend Rick Pitino. I don't know why I will. I like him. I, I was he a jerk? Sure. If I was the head coach in those jobs, would I have been a jerk at times too? Yeah, probably. It's not. I don't know. I don't know exactly addict. what would have happened. Bobby Petrino, though, <laughs> there are reports of him going through the Western when he left the Western Kentucky Western Kentucky job. He just like there was some equipment that he wanted out of the equipment room, and so he had some of his guys just go rip it out. And then, like, leave the doors open and ruin a bunch of stuff. And Bobby Petrino documented not the nicest guy in the world. And mm-hmm. you can say the same about Rick too. Yeah. For some reason, like I said, I'll be a perpetual Rick Petrino defender till the day I die. Probably. I
3: mean, he's a great coach, great coach, but he's a uh, he's he don't know how to treat people. Is what
0: the people who are real close happen. to him don't say that.
3: Yeah. Because they got to watch his back and all the stuff he's been doing. Okay, but I mean, he's got people who, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't,
0: you know, he's certainly got some very close friends who will always speak very highly of him. Yeah. We're, 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 he's doing real good with Greek right now, with Greece.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> What's in the future for Rick Patino? Will we see him coaching another big college basketball program at some point? Maybe an NBA team?
3: I think, I think he's getting his
2: age. Yeah. Keep him from getting certain jobs.
7: Okay, but. but, but it's but,
2: not the same without him in college basketball, but yeah. I don't see how you can really you got to think of it from that side. I mean, if you're the AD, how do you hire him, really, after what's going on? You you have to be in a certain situation, right? I mean, I could see a team like Memphis doing it because they don't care. They they hired Penny and they paid Wiseman.
0: Co- and- college basketball is pretty dirty. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys disagree with that statement at all? No. Okay. Well, has Rick Patino been involved in some shady stuff? Yeah. 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 He was a college basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Put it so- on though.
6: <laughs> yeah, sure.
3: Co- yeah, college basketball is dirty. Not as dirty as college football, but it's it's dirty. Wow, college football has been known for years to be the dirtiest
0: institution. I, I don't disagree, but college <laughs> basketball's got a lot more negative press in recent years. Yes, but yeah, college football is pretty rough. Yeah, in a lot of ways,
3: because mm-hmm.
0: they have that capitalist nature that the NFL has, where they sign a five star recruit. They're like, come on, we got you. Um, you. You get everything paid for. Oh, you oh, you stubbed your toe on the way you're, – you're cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you owe us a bunch of money now. We're taking you to court. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Maybe not stub the toe, but, you know. <laughs> An injury. Seriously. College football yeah, it is, is ruthless.
3: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But uh, got two gr- – You know what? we got two games on today. Louisville plays at six. They play Akron, I believe. And then uh, Kentucky plays Lamar at six. Um, But I think the game of the day is going to be Xavier in Florida in Charleston Classic uh, Championship game.
2: Yeah, but didn't Florida already
3: lose like three times? They lost twice. Twice? Yeah. Mike White? Yep. You know, some of the shine's going off of him. Everybody thought he was just next great coach. But he – their team – I mean, Kerry Blackshear went – I mean, he's the best player on our team. He went two games, scoring like two points. He got thrown out of a game for throwing a crazy elbow. Yeah, it night. was
2: very dirty.
0: Yeah. If you look at the history of Florida basketball, it's like this: real low, real low. Real. Billy Donovan years up. Yep. Okay, but what? Like, I don't know what the
2: expectations even should be now right. that he's gone. Right. Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Even after
2: winning two championships, it still don't feel like there's a tradition there, right? yeah
0: yeah, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. And to a degree, and I'm getting a little carried away here, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even know how Duke
3: will do after Coach K leaves. I right. agree. I agree. You because know, they was grooming all these coaches. Uh, uh, Collins at Northwestern, he's terrible. But now you got uh, you got the guy at Marquette, Woljahowski. Yep. And, you know, he may be the next. But, yeah, I'm with you. Who Who will they get that will keep, keep it up? It's going to be
2: a Duke alum. I mean, I can just – Maybe Capel. Historically,
0: yeah. that doesn't always pan out that way. No, no, but
2: I mean, it does pan out that way to, that they'll
0: take an alum. What I mean is, okay, so Rupp, so so at one time Kentucky historically was facing this. Mm-hmm. They were like, what people were probably sitting around saying the same thing. They're saying, I don't know. After Rupp leaves, what's going to happen? Then they brought Joe B. Hall in. He won one title overall, not the greatest coach in the history of the program, but right. they won a title in '78.
2: Yep. Absolutely, and then they I mean, were searching for their
0: next right, mm-hmm. and they were just kind of bouncing around. So there's a lot of ups and downs after Coach K retires, which mm-hmm. couldn't be that far off. No, Is he going to coach till he's a <laughs> hundred?
3: If he, as long as he can dye the hair black, I guess. I you know. know,
2: I think he still has another five, at least five years in him. Uh, he's still recruiting at the top level. That's the thing. His recruiting's better than it's ever been. Absolutely, yes. and yes. I think that's because Calipari came in and pretty much took over. <laughs> And he knew he had to do something. But you know what? Um, I always hear all of this, you know, salt being thrown at Calipari about, you know, only winning one title. And they gloss over the fact that he went to two and has four Final Fours. But, I mean, come on. Last year, Duke had Zion Williams, R.J. Barrett, and uh, Reddish. And... They, they didn't even make a Final Four. So. Real
0: quick, before we wrap things up, we're going to head to the buzz line. We got we have a mystery call. Oh, we we lost them. We had someone on the line. We're going to wrap things up. We're up against it, right? Yep. Yeah. Been a great show, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely amazing show. Thanks to Brandon Bishop, uh, Gary Love, Chris Embry. Shout out to Louisville Combat Academy for their support. Join us next Sunday. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.